All right, welcome to a Couch GM live podcast. We're joined by the Mariner Mojo crew in Colton and Joe. So first off, Colton and Joe, really appreciate you taking the time tonight. Yeah, man, really appreciate you having us on. Of course. Yeah. Awesome. So let's just start off live reaction. Jared Kelnick was uh, on a on a show today, had a solid 20-minute piece interview. What are your initial thoughts with what he had to say? Um, you know, I don't necessarily... So I think a lot of people were a little more... I guess I don't want to say aggressive with it, but they had a little bit more to say about it than I did. I mean, I don't disagree with them personally, like the whole 54% comment, you know, the prime Babe Ruth, is he maybe from my, from my opinion, he is, I mean, he's in the clubhouse. None of us are. So we don't necessarily know how guys are actually reacting to it, where he, you know, kind of gets to hear maybe, I mean, maybe guys were talking in the clubhouse about the prime Babe Ruth comment, the 54% comment. It's like, well, that was after the season. That was, you know, whatever, but guys still talk. So it, there's got to be something there. Um, but I think it's all just blown out of proportion. I mean, he made the comment and we were all, we were all mad about the 54% comment too. So it's like, if we're mad about it, I'm sure they they're pissed off about it too, but you know, what are you going to do? So the whole thing, yes, he, he was had a problem as well. Him kicking the cooler was, you know, obviously his own little distraction mid season. So I don't know the whole thing. I'm just like, in my opinion, it's just a whole lot of nothing, but Joe, what do you think? It's just interesting. Like videos that you made in the, off season leading up to the year is like Kalanick's last chance. And like, I made a video like fans need to stop disrespecting Jared Kalanick. Cause like, as soon as he got injured, I was like, Oh, thank gosh. Like now he's not going to be on the team. He's a clubhouse cancer, stuff like that. And then on foul territory today, it just, I don't want to say it rekindled any of those emotions or any of those feelings that we had, but to me, it kind of signaled that yes, he's matured, but like maybe not as much as like we had all hoped in a certain sense, but also like he has no issue with like, being pretty open about it as far as I'm concerned and whether that's a level of maturity from him or like, he's just in a new scenery and he just kind of wants to leave that, like get that out of the way and like leave it behind him. That's totally like fine with me. I still have my Kalanick Jersey up in the background because he was my, he was my guy for a while. And I don't know. It was, it was a weird day just because I like, like Colton, I don't necessarily disagree with what he said, but also in the same vein, like as soon as those comments were made from, Depoto about like prime Babe Ruth, they started winning. And, you know, whether that's happenstance, it's completely, you know, out of the, out of the blue. Like it's not like causation without correlation or whatever. I don't know. I just, I see comments made about the same subjects from like guys like Paul Seawald and Cal Raleigh. And there's a definitely a different air to their comments compared to what Jared was saying today. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And I mean, you know, him being in Atlanta now with that stacked lineup, if the Braves were, are able to get a, a prime Kelnick in the bottom half of their lineup, that's just going to be insane. And he was saying that he's really excited to be teammates with Matt Olson, who slugged like 50 home runs last year. So mm. if he can unlock something and play up to his potential, that'd be insane. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you've been able to see his progression from when he first entered the big leagues to now, you know, even though he did kick a cooler late in the season and there's still those issues. You've seen that he really has been able to mature a decent amount. Just, just looking at him on the field, his reaction to certain things, but um, yeah, really ho hope he, uh, or wish him the best and hope to see where he goes. So yeah, like you said, him in the Braves lineup is going to be crazy. If he figures yeah. it all out, if he, if he's like early, like start of the season, Jared Kelnick in the Braves lineup, that team's winning that they, they're breaking the record, man. 117 <laughs> games. Let's see it. Let's see it ready to pencil it in <laughs> yeah well cool to all of you tuning in thank you for joining us um again this is the mariner mojo crew if you're on tiktok go join us on the youtube live if you're on youtube make sure to su to subscribe to mariner mojo they're getting close to 10,000 subscribers on youtube wanted to bring you guys on to talk some mariners baseball but also to get kind of get to know you guys and you know like the tweet that i shared the other day when i had locked on mariners guys on you know mm -hmm. this this seattle you know, creators community is, is pretty cool and it's really growing. So wanted to have you guys on hear your story, how you got started with Mariner Mojo. So if you guys want to take it and kind of go through your background with who you are, where you came from, how you got into sports and, and what that looks like. You want me to start, Joe? I mean, you created the channel, so the rain, <laughs> it's all yours, buddy. All right. So first and foremost, um, we want to thank, you know, locked on and Ty and all them for saying, you know, all those kind words about us. It's been it's been an interesting journey because I, I had worked with Ty and Colby prior to all of us starting our channels. Um, and we had written together uh, for Soto Mojo back in the day. Um, 
and it was really cool to see because when they launched their Patreon, they launched the True to the it was True to the Trident, right? No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, True to the Trident. They launched their um, oh, Control the Zone. Control the Zone. Yeah, yeah. And then like the podcast was True to the Trident. I don't remember exactly what it was, but their Patreon was really cool. I subscribed to it for like the first year or so that it was around, and I was like, it's just really cool to see these guys kind of you know get into this medium. And for Joe and I specifically, we had both made YouTube channels before. Um, I had tried making a million different YouTube channels that none of them really stuck. There was never something that I was super passionate about. The one that did the best, I made a, you're ready for this. I made a Call of Duty Zombies YouTube channel. All there right. you go. <laughs> it no, 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 no. This was like Black, uh, or not even Black, like Cold War, like more recent, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. And, um, and then Joe was doing Rocket League and Pokemon. You know, okay. we, we both had we both had a couple thousand subs on our channels. Um, we were making a little bit of money here and there, but you know, it's just we weren't really that passionate about it. And so, towards the end of 2022, it was August of 2022. The Mariners were you know in the playoff hunt, and I was like, God, I just want to I just want to talk about the Seattle Mariners in some way, shape, or form. And I didn't really have a way to do that anymore. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna make a YouTube video. And the first one I made was about Jesse Winker. I called it the Seattle Mariners missing wink all right that's what i called it like the missing like it was so cringy but i made it you know and then had a lot of fun doing it it wasn't the greatest video of all time but then a few days later i had made a video about um it was the it was a game in los angeles against the angels where the angels made like five errors in the inning like there was like a throwing error and just terrible yeah you remember that game yeah Yeah. (laughs) so and then the way the game ended was like joe adele like half swung got hit in the wrist and but it was a called strike three and it was this whole thing. So I made a video about that. It blew up. It got like 200 something thousand views. It Jeez. did really well. And Joe had been subscribed to what that channel had used to be. It used to be a Yu-Gi-Oh card opening channel. True story. <laughs> and then <laughs> I'm laying it all out on the line, Joe. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh card opening channel. Then I made like something about a uh, baseball analytics channel. And finally that. So then he's like, what, what the heck is this? And yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what launched us into it. Joe, tell him a little bit about your, uh, your your way in if you will my origins your origins so i will say i noticed the first video i noticed the missing wink video i didn't hop on after the the big pop off okay it wasn't like i'm just there to you know ride the train but (laughs) i noticed the first couple and like colt and i we've been best friends since we were like in sixth grade and i i'm gonna i'm gonna claim that i got you more into baseball Mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna make that claim i'd always been a big sports guy growing up and we played baseball together, but Colton wasn't super into just like watching baseball, like super hardcore. He was more of like a casual guy up until like the end of middle school. And then we did like a fantasy baseball draft. And then after that, it just snowballed and we've just been, you know, locked in ever since. And for the channel itself, I was making, like Colton was saying, I was doing Rocket League and Pokemon for a while as more of like a, my own creative thing. And then I transitioned to more of like a news reporting style channel about rocket league esports and so i was kind of doing like a sports coverage channel just it was about rocket league so it's a little bit different than what we're doing now obviously but i was always super into like sports center espn like news reporting journalism stuff like that and then i saw a mariner video pop up in my sub box and i was like what the heck is this and i immediately recognized colton's voice because it's like duh and i texted him like oh this is like sick like this is super cool and you know he made a couple more and I was feeling pretty stale, burnt out with Rocket League content at the time. And so, uh, you know, it was probably, it was after the big video where I asked him if I wanted to join, but I had been aware of the channel beforehand, okay? And so the first thing that I made was a video breaking down Luis Castillo, the acquisition of Luis Castillo. That was my, like, introduction solo to the channel. There was a video that we did together about September call-ups last year, or not last year. Oh, it's been a long time. Two years ago at this point. Um, and that was kind of like my soft launch on the channel. And ever since then, we just kind of have been going back and forth, making videos. We started the podcast. We do live streams, just everything in between. We've just been kind of hammering away at for a year and a half now. So it's only been since mid-2022? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mid-2022 is when we started the channel. Yep. Yeah, that's wild. And now you guys are... Yeah, I mean, pumping out content left and right. Do you guys is it is it your goal to put out a video a day? 
No, not necessarily. <laughs> um, it just depends on the amount, like, you know, what's going on. Like, if there's yeah. a lot going on, then sure. Um, I mean, we do two podcasts a week, so that takes up two days. And then in season, we'll, we'll pump out a few more videos just because, you know, there's actually stuff happening. Yeah. Right now, we're probably doing the two, maybe like four videos a week. We're doing two podcasts uh, and then like a, like an extra edited kind of highly edited video here an extra highly edited video there every now and again joe gets on on, on and makes a short or something yeah um, shorts merchant big yeah, shorts, shorts merchant, merchant joe and then uh <laughs> and then yeah then the live stream as well so at least at least three days a week we have like scheduled things and then it's just kind of sprinkling in the edited videos here and there right now just for whatever there is to talk about yeah awesome um so how, how did you come up with the name Mirror Mojo and like branding and all that stuff? <laughs> all right. All right. We're really getting into the deep lore, Connor. Okay. So here's how it goes. Um, so I was sitting here back in the day I had made a Facebook, like back when Facebook pages were all the rage. And I was talking about the Mariners and I just really liked the idea of making it like two of the same letters to start the word, you know, Mariners, Mariner Mojo. Right. Yeah. And on Facebook, I made Mariners Marks. I don't really know what that means, but that's where I was on there. I was, I was typing out. Oh, and then I also have one called MLB news at one point. And so I'm, I'm like trying to think I'm racking my brain. Mariner Mark. Do I want to do Mariner Mariner's marks? No Mariner's what? And then I'm, you know, my time when I wrote for Soto Mojo back in the day, I'm like, okay, Soto Mojo, you know, it's part, it's it has some deep lore with the team. Okay. Mariner, Mariner Mojo. I didn't put the S at the end. I just thought it sounded weird. And everyone always still calls us Mariners Mojo. It happens. But uh, Joe questioned me about it. And I was like, the, I don't the know. First thing I asked him, like, why no S from, mm -hmm. on the end of Mariners Mojo? But And oh, yeah. and the, uh, the original um, art for the channel, the channel art, let me tell you, was I am my graphic design is very clearly my passion. I just whoo, really put my heart and soul into it. It was like two, it was a, Two different Mariner logos over each other, kind of how it is now, but I am terrible at it. And so I had it just you could there was like a uh like a square in the corner that just stuck out and it was ugly, man. And then finally we had gone on to Fiverr and you know they made something for us. We didn't realize yeah. when they made it for us that they actually mm. had put they had actually put Coors Field in the background of our banner. <laughs> we didn't realize that at first. And then, yeah, then Joe brought it up. I was like, oh, my gosh. I didn't even bring it up. Someone commented because we oh, posted that's what it. it was. I that's think it was like was. a community tab post, like new like new branding, whatever. And then mm -hmm. someone's like, yeah, it'd be really cool, but that's Coors Field. And we had no idea like <laughs> when we received it. And so I think we went on with that for a month because I just I hadn't had the time to try and fix it. I'm the more graphically designed person inclined. I, I do the majority of the graphics if, they're, if there's time to do them. And so I had to just kind of, remove the original like that's still the original branding that we got from fiverr it's just i had to like put it remove it and put it on to t-mobile and i tried to keep a similar like blue vibe like a like a hue on it and i mean when you first kind of came to me about like wanting to rebrand or like get some updated graphics it was with the 2022 theme was that yellow spray painted like kind of right. like alleyway like spray paint tagging kind of um, design and that's what you wanted to go with mm -hmm. for the original banner and like still with the logo so it's got like that yellow like drip it's just it's not as good because i had to cut some of it out while i was removing it off of the coors field background unfortunately but <laughs> and we you know haven't really updated it since yeah. i've made a couple different like badges for like stream badges and different like things over like for layout purposes or whatever just like having a corner or something like that along the way but yeah it's been basically the same logo since like what, like uh, I don't know. It was we, we did March? it. Yeah, it was right before the twenty twenty three season. Yeah, yeah. Connor, I have one more thing of lore that I I have to tell you, and I feel like this is yeah. the perfect time. So for the All Star game, okay, I was um, walking in through the gates, mm. uh, center field gates, and there was a guy that I don't know who he was. He was wearing a Stitch God jersey. He had like a big fancy camera, and he sees me. He's like, "Oh my gosh, you're the guy from YouTube," and he's like. He's like filming me and whatnot. I'm like, hey man, how's it going? He's like, yeah, you're couch GM, right? I'm like, <laughs> close. <That's awesome. laughs> it was so it was the funniest thing. I was like, uh, you're close. Yeah. That's hilarious. I am on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he knew what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm always super interested to hear like the behind the scenes. So what's your process like as far as um you know, collaborating on getting info and figuring out what kind of videos you're going to make and topics and all that. Do you guys 
share it back and forth. And it's like, Hey, you go for it this time. Cause you know, I see that one of you guys will make a video and then another will make a video. So what does that all look like? Joe? It just kind of depends like the, like how we're feeling that week. Like I felt inspired to make a, a video that was similar to one we made last off season, just like ranking the Mariners against the AL West, like every single position, like how they stack up against the rest of the AL West at that position. And I just felt inclined to make it the other night. So I just kind of started throwing it all together and put it out. Was that Tuesday morning? Yeah. yeah. Tuesday afternoon at 12. And I kind of, I texted Colton about it that night. Like, Hey, I'm doing this send. So like we, we could, I, you know, we communicate about if we're making something so we don't like double upload. Cause that would be a problem. But normally yeah. it's like, if something happens like for the Mitch Garver thing, I was about to have, cause it was on Christmas Eve. I was about to have guests over as within like five minutes of the trade happening, they were going to be arriving. So I just had to make a short really quick. And I was like, Hey, can like Colton, can you make the, the big video? And he was getting off work about like a half hour, 45 minutes after that. So when big news happens, if one of us is available, just kind of go straight to it. Like I was out doing groceries. Like I was grocery shopping when Gino got traded and <laughs> Colton had to make the video about that really quick. So it's, it's nice having someone there like a second person, because if, that were to happen, I was solo. I'm just gonna be recording a video in my car, which is there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Ha you know, if it happens, it happens. Like, it is what it is. But normally, we will communicate. I'd say within like 24 hours of a video going out, like, hey, like we're doing this, hey, we're doing that. But it is kind of impulsive, like it's on the fly sometimes. And same thing with like the podcast, like especially in the lulls of the off season, we'll like. Colton will turn on his camera like, so what are we talking about today? Yep. Like, what are we talking about? And we're trying to like put stuff together, like trying to like get ideas flowing. And we had like a living document, like in a shared Google Drive where we type it out every week. And with nothing really like happening super frequently this offseason, it's been very infrequent, hit or miss. We just kind of have gone like on the fly. Like when we hop in the call, we're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And we'll go from there and hopefully – we get to about 25 to 30 minutes. That's kind of our, our range. We like to stay in for the podcast. And we we used to do a bit more like together videos that were highly edited. Um, definitely can get back to that more. It's just the time with things like I'm still in school. So I've got school going on and like we both have work. So there's just like sometimes the schedules don't line up. So when we do have time together, it's normally for the podcast. And then like some members only content we've been recording more so recently that we've trying to get more involved with heading into 2024. So yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, add on? having, you know, like Joe said, having that other person, it just makes it so much better. And we've known each other, you know, like he said, since sixth grade. So we kind of know, how to play off each other's strengths and like how yeah. the other person's going to react to what we're, you know, I, I say a joke. I know Joe's going to get it like immediately, mm -hmm. you know, whereas most people might not, but Joe will get it. Or like I'm talking about something. I have a feeling I like, we know when to kind of bounce off of each other, different ideas and whatnot for the most part, every now and again, during the podcast, you know, if you guys ever become members on the podcast, you'll see the blooper reels. You know, sometimes we just mess everything up, but you know, <laughs> it's, and we're, we're lucky that we have not, um, we have not, double uploaded something because sometimes we just make stuff and it just we just you know throw it up we're like hey like that day hey in 10 minutes this video is going live i i spent three hours editing it good luck yeah right, right? <laughs> so. oh so, yeah that'd be yeah because both of you spend like three hours making a video on the same thing and then it's yeah like... <laughs> just a nightmare it's... situation what do we do yeah and it's definitely one of those things where when there's breaking news it's like you know that a video is going to take a few hours to make so it's like all right am i gonna sit down and commit the time to bust this video out or do I just do a little green screen TikTok with a article in the background and like, like yep. you mentioned with the short for breaking news so it's always finding that balance and then um, what do you guys do for your careers if you don't mind me asking kind of what you do when you're not not working on the channel uh career is a strong term I just yeah. work in a grocery store I'm the furniture yeah. guy at a grocery store so yeah I definitely not a I wouldn't necessarily call it a career but it, I I was able after starting the channel I was able to go down in hours so I would have more time to do, you know, this and less time. I wouldn't have to be there so much. So that's been nice. Um, but overall, yeah, this this is kind of my main focus is growing this as best as we can. But I still have the other, you know, so I'll call it my side gig, you know, at the store yeah, sure. to, uh, to uh, give me some of that supplemental income. And I am a supervisor at Starbucks. I've been with the company for eight years going on February, like in February, I'll be there with eight years. So finishing up school 
through ASU Online, which Starbucks pays for. So right like, that'll be kind of that. I'm not sure career-wise afterwards. My degree is in like online marketing. And so hopefully there's something out there that I can kind of get involved with post-graduation. But with my tenure at Starbucks, the like the, the wage that I have maybe I won't be able to get entry level with my like degree job that would be equal to it. I'm not certain with like the, how the market will look, but that's kind of where I'm heading post Starbucks and post-graduation. But as for right now, yeah. I am making lattes. Awesome. <laughs> were, were you at the one that, uh, that Ty France and JP were at? Uh, I know. <laughs> so I was in, I'm in California actually, but, okay. um, I, I'm sure I have been to the one that Ty and JP were at. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, well, yeah, I mean, so getting into a bit of like, is there a most memorable moment that you guys have with the channel so far or a moment towards like, Hey, this is pretty cool. What we're, what we're doing. Was it that second video that you made with the angels towards like, this is kind of blown up. That was definitely the one that like, I was like, whoa, like, cause like I said, I've done YouTube before. I've never had a video go that crazy. Like I, I had had on the old Call of Duty Zombies channel, I think my most was like 64K or something like that. And that was like, you know, one video over like the two, three years I had done it. But yeah, that, that Angels video was absolutely insane. Um, another one is um, we made, we were doing shorts quite a bit uh, last off season. And then we did one about Ken Griffey Jr.'s first and last hit. And that one, I think, is probably getting close to 700K now. It's at 655. Uh, is, is, yeah, Jeez, so yeah. That, was, that was pretty cool. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's just like, honestly, it's just the community. You know, we get to, we've met. I think the thing that we think is the coolest is like, Joe and I went to a game together last year, and we just had people coming up to us, you know, and talking to us. And it was just such a surreal experience. Like, we had, yeah. a, we had, a, we had a whole Mariner Mojo get together out, out in the, the J-Rod squad. And, you know, some people came and sat with us out there and we were hanging out with them. But then other people that we would see just around the stadium. It's like that's one of those moments, you know, where you just you walk Pretty on the stadium. <laughs> yeah. Right. People are like Mojo Colton. I'm like, yeah. oh, my gosh, like I used to come to games and nobody knew who I was. And I not that like, you know, everyone there knows who I am, but it's still it's just like so weird to just walk around anywhere and have someone walk up to you and shake your hand. And it's like even at work, people start to start started recognizing me. And I'm like, whoa, really? This, I'm like, don't, don't tell anyone I work here, please. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, that, mine that, is probably, yeah. oh, go ahead, Connor. Sorry. Oh, no, it's all you. I was just going to say, same thing. Like, I, so I live in California. I go to A's games when I can, when the Mariners are in town, and someone came up to me at the end of an A's game. So, like, getting recognized outside of T Mobile was like just crazy. Shout out my guy, Roman, came up to me and said, like, hey, like, I watch your videos all the time. It was just super, it was super cool. This picture's down there. You and Roman are down there. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> Do you guys have the custom uh, Mariner Mojo jerseys yet? <laughs> no, we've talked about that we actually, have haven't we, Joe? Yeah, we, well, we didn't fully commit to it because we didn't know if we wanted, like, what number we'd want to do on it. Like, if we wanted to do, like, the year, we, like, the channel was made, so, like, 22, and just put, like, Mojo on the back. Like, we, we had talked about it, but not, like, really kind of, like, settled on a, a decision there. Maybe do a little Stitch God, um, you know, like, Ooh. old school Trident throwback. Yeah. Jersey. Could be nice. Could be nice. Yeah. yeah. Mariner on one, Mojo on the other, and then 2022 20, or what have you. Yeah. Know, oh, you that's a good point. That's a good point. Like a been together since. Yeah. Kind of, Mar kind of Mar Mar since. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, cool. Um, so now getting into to this offseason with the Mariners, um, I mean, what, what are your guys' initial thoughts so far on how things have panned out? You know, it's kind of a tale of two halves for the offseason so far, the teardown. Mm -hmm. and then the the build back up so what are your thoughts yeah the the start of this offseason and you know i mean it's, i think starting with the with the gino trade it really just man that just took all the wind out of my sails i was i'm usually a pretty positive person when it comes to the seattle mariners and you know like where things are going but that just like it tanked me man and then with the kelnick trade coming like a week or so after that i was like oh my gosh like what are they doing and now, obviously, you know, as as uh, Joe Doyle would say, you know, cake, cake half baked or whatever, fully baked the cake or whatever it was he said. And uh, was it Joe Doyle? Yeah, it was Joe Doyle, I right? So. Joe? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, so I was pretty negative. I was feeling pretty negative, you know, as as offseason was going on, still putting out, you know, most positive stuff I could with due to the circumstances. But now that they've added, you know, 
Mitch Garver and, you know, Mitch Hanniger's back and whatnot. And Luke Rayleigh, I think that it's pretty clear to see what their plan is now. Not, not necessarily super clear, but this team is more projectable in my opinion than it was last off season, simply because you now have options. Like if you need to Luke Rayleigh can go play first base for you. Like last year it was Tommy LaStella. Like, no, that's no. not projectable. Um, you know, AJ Pollock's your guy in left field with, with a very unknown Jared Kelnick. No. So I think just the, the ability that the Mariners now have to move guys around. And even with, you know, the uncertainty of how many games Mitch Hanniger and Mitch Garver are going to play, which obviously, you know, there are valid criticisms there saying, Hey, these guys are not going to play in over a hundred games or what have you. And Arias with his injury. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but now I guess maybe minus Arias, you have guys that you can move into those positions. Maybe you can move Rojas over there and then Dylan Moore plays second. I don't know. I still think they need one more bat. Yeah. I don't, I don't love to see that. Hi, James. Nice. Um, yeah. It's uh I don't know. I I personally think that this team is one bat away from being better than it was at the end of 2023. I already think that this team is better today than it was opening day of 2023. Opening days, the opening day roster was terrible. And the opening day lineup, Tommy LaStella, AJ Pollock, like Colton Wong, all being part of it. Terrible. I think there's hope, right? There's, there's hope that it can be better, but I mean, they are still, I think a bat away in the infield, like you're saying, like where, whoever that is at second base or third base, but the offseason, it has been, yeah, like a roller coaster. I, I wish, I, I, I would hope that people are feeling more optimistic about it than they were, you know, say a month's time ago. But there is still that that crowd where they still, there's no, not I want to say there's no faith in like the guys that they've, they've brought in. But there's valid, I think, criticisms and just like uncertainty. I just, for me, if I'm going to root for the team, I don't want to have those uncertainties. So I just completely just omit them from my brain, which could be, you know, very irresponsible on my part as a fan. But why not? Why can't Mitch Garver play in 120, 130 games? Why can't Mitch Haneker give us 100 games? Like, why not? And, you know, until that proves me, you know, wrong, which I think there's a high probability that it could, then, you know, I can eat my own foot. But until then, I'm just, I'm rooting. I'm rooting hard. Yeah. I mean, I feel like with Mariners, being a Mariners fan, there's really two types. There's the pessimists and then the optimists. And I'm always an optimist, kind of like you are, Joe, to where it's like, okay, this doesn't look good and it doesn't feel good necessarily. But the digger or the, uh, the deeper I dig into this, you know, with like Mitch Garber, all of pretty much all of his injuries in the past were due to the fact that he was playing the catching position mm-hmm. aside from one. Um, you know, Mitch Hanniger, he had the flukiest of injuries throughout his time in Seattle and he, ah. he had a 39, hundred season right. in 2021, I believe. Yep. Um, there's all these reasons to why this could be a solid team, but it's like, this is the, the five-year period, the three to five-year period to where they have this core, you, you need to go all in and do all that you can to be a true contender instead of just playing for the wild card. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, ha- what move this off season, I guess, what are your thoughts on the Robbie Ray trade? Cause I, I I'm kind of surprised that, you know, the giants were able to, that the giants were willing to take on Robbie Ray's contract after this injury and um, you know, getting back Hanager. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Yeah. I think that that trade, it really surprised me because I, I like, you know, Ty Dan Gonzalez, for example, he, he had posted, um, you know, Hey, we're waiting to record the podcast. Joe and I were both at work. I was at work. Joe, you were at work too, right? I was at work. Yes. We were both at work and I saw that tweet. And I'm like, Oh goodness. Like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. And then I saw what the deal was and it was Robbie Ray for Mitch and obviously Anthony DiScofani. And I'm like at work trying to scroll through those contract details and all these things. And I'm like, you know, so I don't know. I think that overall the trade itself fills some holes for both teams. The the Giants potentially get a Cy Young contender, potentially. Whereas the Mariners get, you know, a guy who can play right field, hopefully, <laughs> ideally, you know, and a guy who can be a swing man in Anthony DiSclafani. And if you need him to be your number five, it's not the worst. Like he's not the worst guy in the world to be your number five. And basically, you, if you're just thinking DiSclafani and Robbie Ray, well, one of them's going to pitch at the start of this year. The other one's not. So like right there, Anthony DiScofani is more valuable than Robbie Ray and the Mariners shed some payroll in the 2025 contract. So if they want to do a backloaded contract somewhere along the rest of the offseason, they can't not saying they will. So overall, I think that 
it was a good trade on both sides. I think it could end up being a win-win on both sides. I think it could also easily end up being a lose-lose on both sides. But anytime <laughs> you bring in Mitch Haniger back to the Seattle Mariners, it's a win in my book. Like there's, there is no world where bringing Mitch Haniger back is a bad idea in my opinion. And so the Mariners have him, you know, and Disco Fani's a free agent at the end of this year. Um, they could still try to trade his contract. Joe and I talked about that a little bit uh, for the podcast as well. Um, and then, so is Mitch Haniger the guy in right field? Maybe. And did you give up, you know, Robbie Ray for the next two, three years because of it? Yeah. But when you look at your starting rotation, where does Robbie Ray fit in if you keep all these guys? I'm not really sure. That was and now. One... Yeah, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, Connor, that was one where you went live that day, right? Like, yeah, that's the situation like, talking about like making a video versus like going live and getting the immediate reaction. Like, how was that for you and like your community? Just like kind of like trying to like figure out like the nuance of the trade like Colton's like he's just scrolling like how is it for you just like being able to kind of like talk it through with some people maybe level-headed maybe not but just kind of like going into that yeah the first live that I did at least uh when there was a big move like that was the Kelnick trade and mm -hmm. it's like I'm just hitting live I'm looking at the tweets okay like you know welcome to the live I'm trying to figure this out as you guys are also mm -hmm. and then I'm just trying to process it live and of course, there's the emotional and initial reaction as a fan. Like we really just traded Kelnick and Marco and Evan White, all these guys, and trying to figure out what's going on. And all they got back was like a reliever, basically. Yeah. Um, and and then the Robbie Ray trade. Yeah, I went live for that one. And initially, you know, I had negative thoughts on the Robbie Ray trade. But then the more you think about it, the more you look into it, they took on his entire contract, all these different things. Um, it starts to make more sense. But it's yeah, it's definitely it's definitely fun to go live to be able to live react with people that are followers of you also, mm -hmm. and to be able to connect and like kind of share that that time is, is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like you have to let yourself be emotional for a second, and then just I, I'm definitely an analytical guy to where I dig into the details and try to figure out what the the chess, the 4d chess move is, you know, when sure. other teams are playing checkers. So yeah, I think like the Robbie Ray contract was just something I never imagined being off Mariners payroll. Like that's like the big thing that just like was a hang up for me, like trying to figure out how that would like come back, like just how it all worked with when that trade dropped. I was like, why would the giants take on the entire contract? And sure. Like, you know, getting, Hanniger and Di Scalfani off it. It ended up being neutral money because for some odd reason, the Giants sent us money in that, thank God. But it was just one of those situations like going into like the day the season ended in 2023, I was like, okay, Robbie Ray will be a Mariner and pitching for us by like post All-Star break. Never in a million years would I have like thought that trading Robbie Ray would be on the off-season bingo card at any point. Right. And it's like, that's where you get into the ideas of, do we actually trade Luis Castillo? But mm -hmm. then it's like Robbie, because you don't think that they were going to be able to trade Robbie Ray with his injury and his contract and all those those things. So the fact that they were able to offload that, assuming that they go out and spend that money that they saved, it could potentially be a good move. Yeah. <laughs> Keyword is potentially there. Yeah. As if right. they actually go out and do something with it. And thank you to uh, John for the super chat here. He says, I think we have to be realistic. We're an 85 win if we're healthy, but I think that we need to be honest. There's no way everyone we've acquired makes it in an entire season. This team isn't better than third. There's definitely truth to that because all these guys do have the legit injury concerns. Mm -hmm. um, but that's where it's like the offseason is not over yet. There's still free agents out there. There's still room for moves to, to happen. So many still. It's weird. It's weird that we're this deep and there's still like premier guys like out mm -hmm. on the market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you guys... Who do you guys think realistically the Mariners might go after? As a as a free agent? Yeah. If anyone. <laughs> Goodness, that's a tough question. Um, I like Donovan Solano. That was a guy that I included in a video I think I made earlier or on in the offseason about like different position profiles, like where the Mariners could upgrade and given like three different options, or, like four or five different options for guys like in different tiers. And Donovan Solano, he's not a sexy pick by any means. He's just going to go out there and maybe hit 280 for you and fill in a spot at first, second, or third. He's not going to hit for a ton of power. It's not great by any means. But if they don't find a trade that they like for, say, like a Jorge Polanco or some other infield upgrade there, I would say Donovan Solano is more valuable to you than, say, 
uh, Sam Aggerty could be, but that's in like the same vein of like saying like Whit Merrifield probably. Mm-hmm. It's just where we see the Mariners actually going. Like I don't see them going after Matt Chapman. So like taking a step down, who's the next guy there? And I liked Solano's profile when I went over it like a while ago. Yeah, I think that when I'm looking at the free agents that are left, I mean, a lot of guys don't really make sense anymore. The Justin Turners, in my opinion, the J.D. Martinez's, Jorge Soler doesn't make sense anymore, in my opinion, unless you really like the idea of playing him in the outfield. But that just adds to guys getting hurt because he always gets hurt when he's playing in the outfield all the time. So it's tough to say that, like, who it could really be. I think Brandon Belt could make some sense, but the strikeout right there, uh, you Is know. Is he retiring? Is he? I don't know. I New, I, I could just be spreading you're just, rumors. You're just you're breaking news right now. As a closeted Giants fan, all right, Brandon Belt has always held a, a near and dear place in my heart. So that's fair. Yeah. Merrifield, like, like Pika Pikachu said, Merrifield, I think would be, you know, it's a good fit. I think that his, like, an addition of him putting him at second base on an almost everyday basis and then putting Rojas and Urias at third. Does make a lot of sense, in my opinion, because I would prefer, and I think a lot of people would, Rojas and uh, Urias as a platoon. Um, Merrifield, it's a guy you put at the bottom of your lineup, and you're he's going to give you decent production down there. So, I don't I don't really know. I, I guess I'll go Merrifield, just because, yeah. I guess. Like, I don't really have a, a really good feel for who it could be. The thing that really makes me think that Merrifield won't is because I saw an interview of him at the uh, winter meetings, and he was saying that he wants to be batting first or second for a team. Mm why yeah. which is like <laughs> i mean i guess I mean, not why you know it's his own personal preference but like what team's gonna bat what merrifield first or second like is he signing in oakland exactly <laughs> i was like yeah i don't know where he's gonna be going for that um that is a stretch and then mariners access comments justin turner makes so much sense i mean if justin turner has some time left in the field at third base that could mm-hmm. be a good fit yeah i think that if if you are okay with putting him at third base then sure I just don't know defensively if he's the guy you want there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, he's better suited for a DH. And in my opinion, of course, you know, it, it does make sense. Justin Turner, if he can play at third base for you, he is probably the best player for, for the cost that you can get over at third base for the rest of this offseason. But I just defensively, I just, especially coming off of the year Gino had defensively, that would be a major downgrade. <laughs> and uh, Jake, you love to see it says, not that I totally disagree as far as, you know, where the Mariners are at, but also have to understand that the Astros are a bit shaky right now. The Angels are the Angels. Texas is really the big fish right now. So mm-hmm. the AOS yeah, is still up for the taking. The The Mariners have made the most moves of anybody in, in, in the American League West, and there's no question about it. And whether or not that's a good thing or not, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of roster churning. Um, is this team better now? Be like offensively when you look at their processes we'll have to wait and see but this team theoretically should not strike out as much it theoretically should hit for a bit more contact and be able to string runs together string hits together so is it better yes in my opinion yes but with that being said you don't have necessarily the star power that you have with gino and teo and the thumpers in the middle of your lineup that you had last year in this comment, thank you again, John, for the super chat. He says, we literally could have kept everyone, signed Garver, and traded for Rosarena, and we would have been a better team than we, than we are now. After that Mitch Garver signing, yeah, this is kind of what I thought. It's like, if you still had Kelnick, if you still had Gino, and then you just you know kind of signed Mitch Garver, that's a solid-looking lineup. But yeah. they've done so much overhaul that it there's still a ways to go. But I would wonder like what the payroll would be like as far as that goes, I know like that's not what anyone wants to talk about, but there's obvious reasons why they went out and had to dump payroll or salary and then signed Mitch Garver instead of like the, the moves like flipping, like if they had signed Garver and then traded some of the pieces away, like how that would have, I think skewed or changed like the, the off season outlook for a lot of fans. But yeah, with Gino Garver and JK still in there, that's, I mean, there's no way you can't say that's not a better lineup that you probably are putting out right now just because like you're expecting Gino to not put up a 99 WRC plus you're expecting him to get back to a little bit of what he once was and then you're assuming Jared continues to grow because he's still young has a bunch of potential whereas like now you're banking on Luke Rayleigh not being like a one-hit wonder and Luis Arias potentially having healthy legs for the first <laughs> you know for the first time since in, in a year so it's just like there's a lot of question marks I get the uncertainty it's just that's not my shtick. Yeah. And I think that 
like the only one that I'm really removing all like feelings out of it because obviously I love Gino. He's one of my favorite players, but removing all feelings from it, I think the only one that really would have made a difference sticking with the team would have been JK. I think that, you know, his his upside is so vastly different than say Dom Canzo. I think that even Dom Canzone is like way much lower than JK in terms of his offensive production. But Gino, I mean, who's to say that, you know, he comes out next year any better than he was this year? Like yeah. he's he's getting older now, obviously. Yeah, he put a great year, he put a, together a great year defensively, but offensively there was some big holes in his swing in 2023. And I mean, just think about when I when I look at last year's team compared to this year's team, the the thought of the strikeouts with, you know, no outs, bases loaded, and just Gino, Teo, and I don't know, Ty France striking out three in a row. It haunts my dreams, man. And so like <laughs> those guys, two of the three of those guys being gone, I mean, hey, something had to change. And that's just the fact of the matter. Something had to change. And I get this is the route they decided to go. I'm not saying I necessarily agree that it's better. I'm just saying that, you know, something had definitely had to change from 2023. And in all reality, you know, JK did have three years up in the bigs to be able to try to adapt and show what he can do. It might be a change of scenery that helps him out there, but we'll we'll have to see. Um, a lot of comments about the Darren McCocken. Is that how you say it? <laughs> Darren McCacken, <laughs> our McCacken. guy. Dara. Future Cy Young or yeah, Future so. Ace. Yeah, Future mm. Cy Young. There we go. Mm. Um, Darren but. McCacken. So that I'm gonna give some lore for for, for Mariner <laughs> Mojo as well. It was our first, it was our first or second live stream, I think. And I had never said his name out aloud. And I said McCoffin. And so Daydara, who's on the screen right now, he runs DJ Manny D zero nine five whatever Twitter account, the Darren McCacken Twitter account, and he's just a big community member and super nice guy, and it's just it's just a meme. Every single time we love Darren McCacken. Yep, it's we, a nice. We think it's, it's a nice. We think it's gonna be Kirby, but it's yeah, it's, it's yeah. Darren McCacken. He's like he's like what thirty now, Daydara, right? And yeah, he's like, he's, but he's he, he he has the the most strikeouts in Rainier's history, I believe. So I mean, hey. You know, someone had to have it, and it's our guy, Darren Scott McCacken. <laughs> That's awesome. It's just a nice, it, like, break from the, some of the pessimism sometimes. You're just scrolling through some comments, and then you see Darren Scott McCacken pop up, and it's like, nice. Yeah, there's some other ones here. There Darren. we go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's <laughs> go. We've derailed. Yeah. <laughs> um, Carlos Santana, what, what are you guys' – let me see you. Let me pull back up. <laughs> okay. comes back. all right so let's give some more lore here more context the so the rumor about the idea of carlos santana coming back came out the day before the gar or not garver the the mitch hanniger and luke rayleigh trades and i had made a video that night the, the night of the the rumor and i was going to go out the next day at 12 well well the the trade for mitch hanniger happened at 11 45 so i'm like oh god i stopped that video and i i <laughs> I went home on my lunch that day uh, from work and recorded just as quick of a video as I could. So the idea, so then I just posted the Carlos Santana video today, like the week and a half later. Cause I'm like, I have this video. I edited it. I'm going to put it out. Why not? The reception um, has been great. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it's better not to just put any video. Out. I'm like, sorry. Um, I, I think that Santana coming back does make sense a little bit. You can put him at first base. I think, if he's willing to take a bench role, it makes sense. I'd rather have him than Sam Haggerty when you already have guys like Urias and Rojas and Dylan Moore on your team. If he wants the starting job, he's not coming here. It just doesn't make sense. He he could back up at first base for you if you need him to. He could be a good guy off the bench. And obviously, we know that he is a good veteran presence. But otherwise, I don't necessarily know how much value he would have to this team right now with the DH spot filled up and first base filled up other than a bench role. I think you have yeah. to trade Ty France, but like, is that any better? Like what you get in a trade with Ty France coming back and then you then plug in like Santana and Rayleigh at first. Like I just, for me, like that rumor, unfortunately is just, is kind of a dud now because of other moves that happened and it's mm -hmm. just poor, poor timing <laughs> from <laughs> on our part and the Mariners making moves. And do you really trade a Ty France that's coming off of a driveline off season? Never. <laughs> Never. Yeah. Praying on the bounce back. Um, all right, let's see here. John Snow, thank you again for a super chat. At this point, the only thing that'd make me happy is if we traded for Noel B. He could be our next A-Rod. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it would, it would be nice to have Nualbi at this point. Um, but I think Divish was the one that mentioned what if, or no, it was, uh, Adam Jude from, uh, MLB.com, I believe, but he was like, what if we traded Luis Castillo straight up for Noel Marte and like one other guy? And I mean, just get him back. Bring yeah. that boy home. <laughs> Jerry would totally do that. Just something completely out of left field. He won't do that. Oh, he did it. Yep. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. again, like Noel Marte was a guy that I saw the vision for before we traded him. And then, you know, you see the trade happen. Like, okay, that makes sense. We'd have to go in a package for Luis Castillo. And seeing him on the Reds, yeah, it hurts. But I don't know if his upside, I mean, I could be wrong. His upside could be as high as A-Rod. But that's that's a pretty tall order, you know, tall ask to fill. Because, I mean, A-Rod put up like a 10-win season. Are we thinking Marte is going to put up a 10-win season with the Mariners? I don't know. But, again, he's going to be a premier talent at third Maybe if he moves back to short, but I feel like he's just going to stick at third. I think he profiles out there a little bit better. But as far as like trading for him again, I, you can't go any less than I feel like the Reds would ask for Gilbert and above, but you don't do that trade if you're the Mariners, mm-hmm. unless you're yeah, getting something right. else back. But yeah, if I had to rank like all of the infielders that the Reds might give up, he's at the bottom. He's like the last one they give up, in my opinion, just because he has that side kind of Millie. Yeah, I mean, Ellie De La Cruz, I mean, you look at their numbers. I'm just saying, you know, I, last year, I'd rather have Noel V, you know. Ellie, he <laughs> fell off pretty quick, but I, yeah. there's no chance that he doesn't rebound and, like, figure out, like, what was successful for him when he first came up. Because it was lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. He just has to recapture it somehow. Yeah. And Eddie says, didn't Ty France come up as a second and third base? I say you could start Ty and Urias at second or third and Santana at first. Yeah, except – um, Ty would have some work to do to be able to. <laughs> some work is putting it lightly. Gone. Yeah, he's You're gonna, being very kind to Ty uh, Fritz there. <laughs> you, you don't want him at second or even third base at this point, folks. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> when Gino got, it was was it when did he get hit on the hand in 2022? It was like towards the end of the year, and then Ty mm-hmm. had to go make like a random spot start at third. <laughs> yeah. I, everyone was holding their breath. I feel like it was the most tense like time any if just seeing him in the field at third base it was like you'd seen a ghost it did not feel right <laughs> and with ty he's one of those guys it's like you're borderline wanting him to be dh full-time to keep him out of the line of fire like he got hurt true at Oakland that is at true first base mm. before. sheldon noisy i'm gonna fight him <laughs> <laughs> i'm so mad about it still he's in korea now right good yeah or is he in japan he's been one of the two he hasn't been in the MLB since 2022, I don't think so. <laughs> Good to know that he injured Ty France's wrist and then left. That's all he did. That's all, that's all he was good for for the A's, okay? That's all he was good for. What a shame. Dang. That's tough, man. It's tough. Chas McCormick's next. So, <laughs> as of right now, how, how many wins do you guys think the Mariners are, are getting next year? Joe, you're answering first. 87. That's what I, and a half. Yeah. I think that's their, I think that's their line. Genuinely, I think that's their line. But I'm going to say 87. Right now, 85 and a half. <laughs> give you, give you, give you the under there. I I'm, think with the pitching, it's too good to be less than 500. And people saying less right. than 500, I don't. I just can't see it because like the pitching is un unreal. And even right. when the offense was struggling last year pitching was carrying us to wins or keeping us in the game. You know, there's some standout games like Kirby's complete game shutout of the Orioles on Felix day, which is just poetic as hell. And other ones like that, you know, getting Felix left and right. But if we think that the Mariners have a more consistent offensive approach with the team that we have now, I can see, you know, getting close, like, you know, same win level 88, you know, maybe pushing 90, but realistic i'm gonna say 87 just like because there's so many question marks but what what about you connor where you where you sitting at yeah i would i'd probably say like i'll go in between you guys 86 and a half (laughs) there you go (laughs) i mean like like you mentioned the rotation is going to be top five in baseball again this year Mm -hmm. and it's surprising you know what a staff can do if they're performing um you know bryce miller brian Wu, you can't 100 percent rely on them to be able to throw 150, 200 innings next year. You know, they're all fresh. Brian Wu coming off of the surgery right mm-hmm. out, right before he got drafted. Um, but that's where you have 
um, Desclafani that could potentially fill in some innings. You got Emerson Hancock ready to go. And it's, it's uh, promising that since they traded Robbie Ray, they didn't have to trade a Bryce Miller or a Brian Wu. And they can now yes. have that full staff and that's their true strength. And I mean, look at, look at the lineup one through, I would call it one through five or six looks pretty solid. Now, in my opinion, you added Mitch Garver, Mitch Hanniger, Luke Rayleigh. We'll see where he slots in, but now it's really just those last few spots in the lineup that you need to round it out with, you know, Arias and Rojas there. Those are the real two wild cards. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's wild cards throughout, but I'm high on Dominic Canzone. You look at his minor league numbers. He's batting like over 300 with really solid power. It's just a matter of him taking that next step. And this lineup, this offense might score more runs than you think also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you- I think. Oh, you go no. ahead. Oh, okay. I think that, yeah, one more addition. This team is one addition away from pushing 90 wins, in my opinion. I, I like like top wild card spot. I think that is how close they are. And I'm not saying like a Colton Wong addition, you know. Please no. Uh, don't bring back Tommy Listello. That's not the addition I mean. Okay, but <laughs> some sort of upgrade, even if it's just to this bench. But you can't, with Sam Haggerty being the last guy on this roster, I think if you can replace him with somebody that is has a little bit more projectability, I think that you are, in, even Donovan Solano, like Joe said, I think that that is a, an addition that raises the floor of this team to the point where they can be projected to make a run at this thing because with all the injuries that Texas has had, and I, I know Texas is a very good team. Their bullpen still sucks and their, their offense is insane, but is Jonah Heim going to run like a 5,000 slugging percentage next year again? I don't know. Like does it, it, they're still relying on a lot of those guys to continue what they did in 2023. Uh, what's Evan Carter next year? You know, he looked like he was like just said earlier, lightning in a bottle, but I don't know if, that carries over into 2024 you know Josh Young was a stud right exactly and I I think that Josh Young and Joe said it in one of his his video I think today that Josh Young's going to be the best third baseman in the American League West I don't disagree with that I think that overall he is one of the better players in all baseball but you look at some of the guys on that team and I just don't know if they can truly replicate what they did in 2023 there's a lot of regression curve trend like that that could hit that Texas team pretty hard. I would hope it's not. I mean, I don't want to say I would hope because they're a division rival. Because you know we're going to be we're going to be lumped into that group that you know, is a secret Rangers fan by what I'm saying. But like Josh Young is a guy that I'm super high on. I think he's like you're saying. I think he's going to project past Alex Bregman and take the crown of best third baseman in the American League West. But the question I was going to ask before like you started going, Colton, was do you guys think Dom Canzone's role has completely just been like like messed with with the acquisition of Rayleigh and Mitch because before it felt like you know he had a pretty solid spot I mean that's just because the, the personnel around him was bad but now with like them saying Mitch is gonna play every day like how does Dom Canzone fit into all that because right now like I don't see him playing and seeing as many at bats as we all had projected to or thought about going into this offseason I think Kaniger might be uh, eased up a bit, quite a bit because the, the, the thought is that potentially Hanniger and Canzone might be a platoon in right field. Yeah. So if there's more righties that are going to be throwing, then you'd assume that Canzone might be playing maybe even more than Hanniger. Maybe you have Hanniger coming off the bench a lot of the times in those certain situations where you really need him mm-hmm. to come through. Um, because otherwise it's going to be you know Luke Rayleigh and he's younger guy, he's like 29 30 but healthier yeah. than Hanniger so far to where he can be playing every day and you can move Rayleigh around and give other guys days off. And then you also have guys like bliss coming up at second base. You've got Deloach that could come out in the outfield at some point you've got Locklear. So there's other guys that can come and fill in certain spots, but yeah, I, I see Canzone having a pretty solid role and just looking at his, I didn't know about him until the trade happened with the diamondbacks. I didn't yeah. know his name. But then you look deeper into it, and he's hit everywhere he's been. Mm-hmm. I, I look at Dominic Canzone, and I know that, you know, they when he came over, they were like, oh, he's a first baseman outfielder, you know, or outfielder first baseman. And I would really like to see him work on first base and just see what he can do defensively there. Because if you can platoon, not even necessarily platoon, but just have him be able to give a blow to Ty France at first base, along with and, – and the same with Luke Rayleigh being able to, you know – have go over to first base as well. And maybe Dom Canzone goes and plays left field. I think that 
that rotating door of those three would be really like on a day where you're facing a tough righty, Justin Verlander's on the mound, you know, you can have Canzone and Rayleigh in there at the same time. I think that's a really mm-hmm. good tandem. And yeah. I, so I don't necessarily know his role has changed for sure. I don't necessarily know if it's because, because of the injury risk with this team, he is a great guy to have on your bench. You can put him at DH. Let's say Garver does unfortunately get injured or Mitch does unfortunately get injured. Canzone can fill both those spots. Yeah. And so He's a guy that, as long as you're not facing a lefty, I think should be getting, you know, playing time three, four times a week at least. That's fair. Which uh, minor leaguer do you guys think is going to come up and have the the biggest impact on the lineup? In 2024 specifically? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the cop-out answer is is Ryan Bliss. I feel like that's just like the easy one. I, yeah. I really do like the idea of Locklear coming up next year just because, I mean, who knows what the situation will be. Gosh, I, I wish there was like a sneaky pick, you know, that we could just throw in there. But like, Zach Deloach, eh, you know. Uh, I don't know. Isaiah Guillaume. He's going to come up. Who? Gilliam? Guillaume? I don't even know how to say it. Oh. He's an outfielder. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's just going to show up, be – awful defensively or maybe he's really good defensively i don't even remember he's just gonna show up and just hit nukes for a month you know (laughs) why not why not (laughs) i think the easy answer is bliss just because like there's so much concern around rojas and urias like how they all fit together because this is i feel like it's just a similar situation with cabby we're just well more aware of it because ryan bliss is a guy that is i think a little bit more notable in terms of like the prospect prowess there so I think, I mean, again, easy answer, Bliss. Am I allowed to say Perlander Baroa? But no, you said the lineup. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to roll with Bliss. Call it a name. It is yeah. lame. What do you want me to say? Jonathan Class A? I was hell-bent on trading him. Now I'm going to say he's going to be the biggest producer from the minors. He's <laughs> yeah. going to come up and steal 50 bags for us. There you go. Let's, let's yeah. see you f- turn a new leaf, all right? Yeah. No, I mean, uh, Prelander's nasty. So if he can come up and manage his walks, he could be a solid contributor out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll also say Harry Ford. I mean, that's like a, that's yeah. not very realistic, but uh, I mean, you see what he did in the world baseball classic last year. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have three catchers now with Cal Raleigh, um, Zavala, and then you got Mitch Carver who hopefully never catches, but yeah. <laughs> keep him away from the gear. But, you know, Harry Ford coming up, he could be a, a wild card contributor, but not likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I almost hope that doesn't happen just because I feel like he'd be rushed, kind of like Mike Zanino. You know what I mean? Like he was someone that really needed some more time down the minor. Same with Dustin Ackley and whatnot, and all these guys, you know, getting thrown through the lineup or thrown into the lineup in after the first couple of years. I think that Harry Ford has a good chance in 2025 to see a late season call up. Um, but yeah, I, I want him to finish developing because I think that he can be one of the best catchers in baseball if he continues on this path that he's been on, he didn't have the best year last year down in Everett, but still bounds. Yeah. yeah. Nonetheless, I still, the potential with, with him is sky high. I love this idea. Ian, the mirror's <laughs> got to do a promotion at T-Mobile with Chipotle on the nights that Bryce, Bryce Miller pitches free tacos. If he gets eight K's or more, I love that. Love that idea. As a Jake, Jake as, is going to be a big Jake. fan of that one too. You know, <laughs> as, see it. Joe and I, as large gentlemen, Okay. You know, yeah, I'm lumping you into it. All right. All right. Whatever. Chipotle goes hard, and and in and in stadium Chipotle, mm, let me tell you, be so good. Heck yeah, I'm all about it. Um, and then Ricky says these comments go back to back, but Mariners going to have platoons in, in left field, right field, third base, and second base. Didn't we learn last year platoons aren't a guarantee if players don't have a history of doing it? Yes. And then also Stu says the world will not know peace until the Mariners are platoonless. So maybe at some point we'll see that. Yeah, I think it, I mean, it's tough just because, you know, matchups, I mean, there are numbers to support matchups. I mean, they're there. And may, last year, I don't think the idea was for them to be a full on platoon. Colton Wong became a platoon out of necessity because he had to be, because he was just right. that bad. So I, I don't know. And like, I mean, you're running, like I said, you're running Tommy Lestella out there at the age they're, they're, the, really last year the platoons weren't necessarily the problem you were forced into a platoon at second base because of the problems with colton wong and then it was originally just going to be pollock and kelnick over there as a platoon and hey that you know went by the wayside when kelnick started to produce aj pollock was hardly ever playing and it was actually kind of surprising to see him not play at all um 
So I don't know. I mean, the platoons in 2023 or 2024, I mean, what are we looking at? We're looking at maybe Urias and Rojas and then maybe Mitch and Canzone. But overall, the guys that you have right now are slated in to basically play every night, in my opinion. I yeah. think maybe Dylan Moore at second base with with Rojas, maybe, maybe. would be would be their plan. And I assumed that was their plan with Wong last year would be to have Dylan Moore be the weak side platoon there, but he was injured at the beginning of the year. So didn't really have like a solid backup there to start the year. And then Wong just completely fell apart. So it's just, I don't know. The platoon word is a very scary word in the Mariners community. And I understand the fear around it. It's just, I, I agree with what you're saying, Colton. There's, there's statistics that will back it up, but those same statistics are the ones that like the ham swaggerty group will use to say that he needs to be in the lineup every day kind of a vibe. So it's just, you know, there's a little bit of give and take. There's the angel and the devil for the platoons <laughs> for me. I'm sure you guys have seen, seen the graphic this off season where it's the bowl of cereal and it's like, oops, yes. all utility players. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, yeah. oops, all salary dumps. Yeah, <laughs> that's been, what it felt been, like at the oops, start of the all, year. All reclamation reliever projects the last like yep. week and a half. <laughs> just anybody that they can pick up, they're just going to go nab. Um, let's see here, going through any other comments that we got here. Any other thoughts that you guys have on the state of the Mariners, their 2024 season? Uh, uh, hot take, uh, hot take. The Mariners are one game out of the division again, but take the top wild card spot in 2024. Hot with eight, with 86 wins or 85 wins? Well, uh, the, that, that was where they're at right now. When okay, they add, okay. when they go out and add Joseph, all right. Okay, then, then, they add gonna, Bellinger. then yeah. they add Bellinger. All right. Then they're, <laughs> I, for, then I forgot to think, for, you know, I forgot the forward thinking process yeah. there. A hot take, huh? I mean, I said it and I want that. I just want Dom Canzone to become an everyday player. Like that was my resolution for him. And you know, I don't know if it's a hot take, but you're, I mean, Connor, you're high on him. I would love if Dom Canzone just figures out how to dial in what, what he was doing in the minors and do that in the majors and take over one of the spots in the outfield to allow more depth on this roster. Cause if he steps up the lineup and overall production on this team gets, it gets deeper one through nine immensely. Absolutely. So, I mean, he's got Dom Canzone. Yeah. You saw the light tower power that he had in that Orioles series, that mm-hmm. first home run that he hit for the Mariners, the bat flip. It's just a matter of if he can sustain that for a season. So Stu distance says Julio 40, 40 season. That's probably happening. Why that's not? Guy, Stu. Heck yeah. yeah, Stu. What's, what's your hot take, Connor? You got to have one somewhere. My hot take. Well, last year it was that George Kirby was going to win the Cy Young. That's not really a hot take because, I mean, Kirby's a stud and he's on all the MLB rankings. He's like a top 10 pitcher now. Yeah. Um, Let me think here. Let me look at this lineup. We got J.P. Crawford. (laughs) (laughs) Like, who who can I really, you know, put some faith into? Well, I mean, I'll say Mitch Garver. I mean, I'll say that Mitch Mitch, Garver, that's not a hot take, is it? No, nah, I mean, no, it's I, hot. Take. No, it's definitely if you're going to say that he's going to play like 120, 130 games, he's never done it. So yeah, I'll, say, I'll say Mitch Carver plays 120 games and he's like a top four producer for the Mariners. Let's make it really hot. Yeah, because JP Crawford, he led the American League walks. We'll see if he could do that again. That'd be amazing. Obviously, Julio is going to be the best player on the team. But Mitch Carver, if he can stay healthy, he's right up there. Top top three got potential guys. And yeah. the video that I made on Mitch Carver, he's he's been like the best fastball hitter since the start of 2019, excluding the 2020 season. So oh, like the run value Aaron Judge. Oh, what was that? Like I get like I get like the run value, right? On Savant. Yeah. And Damn. that's above like Jordan Alvarez, Aaron Judge, all these guys. So if Mitch Garver can stay healthy, he could be one of the best guys on the team. I like his better than ours, Joe. Yeah, I think I mean honestly, his goes a lot further than ours would go. I'd say if we get Mitch Garver putting up like a 140, 150 WRC plus playing in 120 games, that the lineup itself is just gonna start producing runs like it's just like it's a factory, just gonna keep going, just gonna keep like that gif of them just hitting the ball over and over again. <laughs> it's just Mitch Garver at the plate. I'm in. Last one, actually. Do you guys have a mock lineup that you guys? think how things would slot out right now oh yeah yeah you want to go first joe 
I mean, it, I, I don't want to use the roster resource one, but it's going to be pretty close to that, what they've got on Fangraph. So it's going to be JP leading off Julio batting second, Garver batting third, Cal batting fourth. And then I think if they want to be risky with it, they go Mitch five. And then I'm which, which Mitch there. I said Garver batting third. Right. Oh, okay. Sorry. I did. I missed up, that part. I missed that part. Okay. I'm going to say Mitch Haniger. There you go. Batting five, Rayleigh batting six, Ty batting seventh, Urias batting eighth, and then Rojas batting nine. The only thing I could see switching is five and seven, but that to me is like pretty like cut and dry, like what they'll be doing on a most night basis. I think mine would be the same, but I might switch Mitch Haniger and Luke Rayleigh. I might bat Rayleigh five. Just, I mean, depending, oh. obviously, you know, depending on matchups, let's just assume there's a righty on the mound. Righty yeah. on the mound. I'm putting, I'm putting Luke Rayleigh at five, putting Mitch Haniger at six, especially if we're trying to, you know, kind of trying to even out the righty lefty a little bit. I know that Scott loves his matchups. So like if, if we're going JP, Julio, Cal, Mitch Garver, um, then Rayleigh, then Mitch Haniger, and then who am I missing here? Ty, 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 and then maybe even go Rojas and then Arias. Okay, uh, if you really just want to mid max it, but mm-hmm. yeah, somewhere in that, I feel like is what we will see at, on opening day. I agree with those, and I, honestly, the more that you go through the lineup, the more I I kind of like it. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie; it's just like we mentioned; it's just those last couple couple bats potentially. Yeah. Uh, Ricky says Bryce Miller gets Cy Young votes and takes the next step with this new splitter. That's definitely potential. Also, Bryce Miller is going to be filthy this year. This one looks nasty. I think yeah. that Connor, you have covered that splitter more than anyone, and it is so <laughs> interesting to see, like from your point of view, how that pitch is developed over you know over the past few months or however long you've been working on it. Because because mm-hmm. you did some stuff with driveline at some point, right? Yeah, I went up to driveline one time. Funny thing, it's like one of those learning experiences. I actually did a sit-down podcast, video podcast, with one of their head of something. Camera died. No. With the battery. Oh, no. And my other camera that I had set up that was basically, long story short, the main camera had all the audio. That died. Oh. It didn't save any of the video, any of the audio. So I get to the stadium. I pull up my computer, like ready to start editing this this interview, and there's nothing there. But um, yeah, I mean, just Bryce, I asked him about Bryce Miller's fastball, how it's unique. And because the spin rate, the spin efficiency, it's fighting gravity more than other pitches. You know, it has a higher spin rate. So it looks like it's coming in faster than it is, even though it's still at 95, 96. Mm-hmm. Um, and then factor in, basically, he didn't have any out pitches against the lefty. That's where the splitter really comes into play. Mm-hmm. And like with Gilbert last year, he learned the splitter because he was throwing a circle change. And with the circle change, a lot of the times you have to pronate and that's right. uh, twisting your arm basically. And it's hard to control that pitch, that movement. So with the splitter, it's more like the fastball coming out to where they're able to stay behind it. And so it obviously worked for Gilbert. It's going to, it's working for Bryce Miller. looks like, you know, Robbie Ray learned one last year. It's funny how the Mariners learned all everyone learned a two seamer the season before. Mm-hmm. And then they come into 2023, everyone's learning a splitter. So yeah. We'll see if Kirby can teach the rest of the rotation a knuckleball. Yes. yes. Yeah. Everyone's just throwing one knuckleball game. You never know when that'd it's going to come. so fun. Right. That'd be amazing. <laughs> well, uh, Colton and Joe, really appreciate your time. I want to respect your time. Thank you, everyone that tuned in. Make sure to go like and subscribe to the Mariner Mojo uh, YouTube channel. They're close to 10,000. Make sure to subscribe to the Couch GM. Make sure to follow us across social medias. And thank you both again. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.